When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Rob Banstone. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rider Rumblings video podcast. As we warned you last week, we're going to discuss various uh, aspects of uh, at least the early stages of the CFL's free agency period. I'm here, of, as always, with uh, my leader post colleague, Marie McCormick. I know the subject matter is predominantly football, and that's why you're here. But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't take the first few minutes to talk about uh, our friend Brad Horning, who... Uh, died Tuesday night. He was six, five days shy of turning 53 years old. Really sad news. And Brad uh, played for the Pats. His story is well known. Um, I'm not sure enough, as many people are aware of what an ardent sports fan he was in general. And he always loved to talk about the Rough Riders, always loved to talk about anything to do with sports and uh, just a tremendous person. And uh, we knew that this, this was coming because word had circulated not that long ago that Brad had uh, cancer and that the prognosis wasn't good, but it still hits you like a, like a lightning bolt when you get that news. And uh, I just like to express my condolences out of my family uh, to uh, the Horning family, to Terry and Leanne, wonderful people and uh, all their friends. Uh, there's just a legion of people who are really sad today. Uh, there's as many people, if not more who have been inspired by Brad Horning and the manner in which he lived his life and, I think that's a, an example that we can all emulate and uh, at least least try to. Uh, Brad set the bar really high. I never met Brad, but I was on the copy desk the night he was, that accident happened, accident, I guess we can call it now too. And I remember at the time that you didn't really know what the prognosis right after, other than you knew that it was very serious. You were at that game, Rob, weren't you? I was not but, at that game. I was supposed to go, I was in journalism school at the time and okay. uh, I was supposed I to go that. and we ended up having a ton of assignments due early that week. Uh, those dastardly professors uh, gave us a lot of stuff to do on a Friday. And so it pretty much destroyed what plans we had for the weekend. So we didn't go. And I can honestly say it's the for only time ever that I've been glad that I wasn't at a Regina Pats game. I can't imagine what it was like March 1st, 1987 at the, at the Ben Agridome. More than 4,500 people are there. The game is delayed for 40 minutes. Uh, after Brad was hurt in the second period of that game, his dad was at the game. Um, just they saved his life on the ice. Uh, the doctors, uh, Stan Schumlack, the Pats trainer at the time, 
Brad had swallowed his tongue and Stan Schumlack uh, was always, I mean, he basically saved Brad's life and a lot of people did. And Brad ended up uh, in a situation that, of course, that was, was horrible. But what he did with it afterwards, I think, is the lesson that we can all learn, you know, beyond March 1st, 1987. He got a university degree, took university classes after that, got an honorary Doctor of Laws degree on June 8th, 2018. It was appropriate that it was June 8th because he wore number eight for the Regina Pats and uh, that number was long ago retired by the Pats. Um, scouted for the Chicago Blackhawks, scouted for NHL Central Scouting. His dad was a was a scout with Phoenix, then Winnipeg. Pardon, Winnipeg, then Phoenix. And then uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we lost Larry in May of 20, 2001. He was only 55 years old and it was cancer that claimed him as well. And... Uh, you know, I got to know Larry really well before I got to know Brad and just talk about like father, lots like son. If you if just Larry Horning was as wonderful a man as I've ever met. And uh, uh, there's something to be said for lineage because Brad took after his dad. Admiral things inspiring of every part about I've seen about Brad and uh, my condolences to his family, too. Uh, on a little happier note, I guess it's a horrible segue. Let's talk about another Pat because he's not football, but. Connor Bedard had a goal for the ages on uh, Sunday night or Sunday afternoon. And uh, the one we scored, I remember I was on the desk and I feel Fleury scored a similar goal from the Moose Jaw Warriors. <laughs> yeah. And I won't yeah, tell you what happened. It, it's amazing. And he scored that goal and I was on the copy desk that night and two of us didn't catch that picture for some reason. No one told us that the photographer at it the was time. It Roy was. Antel photo. And no one had said a word was that he had this picture and I'll, I'll say, we probably have 40 back in the day contact sheets from a game. So, but I can tell you, Bob Hughes caught up with us to discuss our uh, our myths, you might say. But and that picture ended up being in the prominent place in our sports department. And I don't know where it is now, but it still was an amazing picture of Theo Fleury flicking the puck up over between his legs. But I will, because you did such an an outstanding job of describing Bedard's goal. How does that? How do they compare? Well, I was at the game where Theo Fleury scored the goal. I was sitting in the bleachers behind the West goal with uh, my friend Brett Burlock. And the Pats, they actually had a, they had a 10-game round robin playoff format that year. And uh, it was, it was if it wasn't the Pats' last game of the round robin, it was the penultimate game. And the Pats had already been eliminated from any possibility of proceeding beyond the round robin, but they still had playoff games to play. It was just silliest format. So here comes Fleury. Uh, and, uh, in his, what was then is only a second season with the Warriors. You covered his first for the yeah. Moose Jaw Times Herald. And, uh, he scores this goal. I turned to Brett and I said, did he just do what I think he did? You know, nobody really tried trick shots back then. He was kind of the original practitioner of that stick between the legs shot. And, uh, now you see it even in shootouts sometimes, but, uh, what Connor Bedard did. I wish I'd been there for that goal in person. Uh, even though I wasn't, it's still, I mean, it was just on TSN yesterday. Uh, the, the, that was yesterday being Tuesday and that game was played Sunday. I, I'm, I think it'll be plays of the month. I think it'll be plays of the year. We'll probably be seeing that play for decades. It'll probably, that play will outlive us in terms of replays. Yeah. Uh, just, he came in on, on the Edmonton oil, pardon me, Calgary hitman defenseman and put a move on him, kind of a, toe drag and, and basically sent the defenseman to one knee and uh, not easy to do to a Sutter. And then uh, 
came in on the, on the, on the goaltender. And, uh, I talked to him yesterday about it and he said, he saw that the goalie was veering quite significantly to the left side of the crease as facing the crease. So as, as Connor was kind of going with him, he saw that the opening to the net was on the other side. So with his body, with his momentum carrying him to the left, he figured he had to do something to get the puck, puck to the right. So he put the stick between the legs and flipped the puck over the goaltender and in the net. Just, That's amazing. Wow. It's you like, know, and Dante DeCarry on the radio broadcast said, I've never seen a better goal than that. And then all, all, instantly the clamor being became, what does it look like? And thanks to the wonder that is Twitter and social media, it yeah. appeared very quickly on the feed. And I talked to John Paddock about it on Tuesday. He says he's seen that goal 40 or 50 times. I talked to Connor about it and he says, you know, I saw, I saw it. He came up on his Instagram feed. So he watched it one or twice, once or twice. And I said, do you really expect me to believe that you only watched that goal once or twice? And he chuckled and he said, okay, maybe a few more times than that. But then I went on to something else. He's a very modest, nice kid. So, uh, but man, what a goal. Uh, it was almost like he was in slow motion too. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. you know, he's flying at such a high speed, but you're watching going, oh man, he's just got such control of his body. And I'm watching this going, holy smokes. It was just like, I think it was a Canuck last night. JT Miller went coast to coast and scored not and scored a goal defenseman. And it was almost like the same thing. It was like he was in slow motion compared to the other guys. And what a beautiful goal. And we've been so fortunate we get to watch Bedard for this year and probably for next year. And that that goal, I hope, encourages more people to go to Pats games. I think the uh, restrictions are being lifted, so maybe we're going to get some more bodies at sport at uh, sporting events. But what a what an amazing goal! But you know, we, Rob. So we much is made of the Rough Riders in this community, and yeah. uh, I'm not trying to downplay the Rough Riders at all, but I mean, they're a big deal and they're why we do this podcast, but you've got an opportunity for basically the, the next year and a half to watch someone who's going to, I think, be an elite National Hockey League player and uh, take advantage of that opportunity while you can, because time is, is, is we sadly discovered with, in the case of Brad Horning, Clark Gillies, Bernie Germain, a third former Pat to pass away in this in the year 2022 uh time just passes so quickly take advantage of opportunities when you get them and my goodness the uh, pats are at home on friday against uh against the calgary hitmen and it was against calgary that connor scored that goal so who knows what he's got up his sleeve for the for the rematch um you know it's, it's, my, a, it's a big deal to have a player of this caliber playing junior hockey we might not see anybody like this for a long time if ever my so, youngest uh, daughter in her own little manner told me, she texted me after going to the last Pats cases, this Connor Bedard kid's got a pretty good future, eh, Dad? So, yeah, yeah. yeah he's pretty good. Yeah. So she's, been noticed that she's a big, big hockey fan, but she went to the game because it was an opportunity to see Bedard, and he's worth it. He's worth the price of admission. And I know when they put the games on TV, they let, I remember a little while back there was curling on, and there was a Pats game. And the Pats game went out. We all watched the Pats game. So yeah. good for access some, to have it on Some TV. curling Hall of Famer you are. <laughs> yeah, I, I got outvoted about nine to one. And two, yeah. I didn't have a good vote yet. So Yeah, you know, I, I lose battles all the time. Uh, my wife wants to watch Channel 161, the Greek channel. Rob goes upstairs. The so, Greek channel, we have The that? Greek channel. Channel 161 on access. It's I don't even know what it's called, but I have a, a very proud Greek wife. And uh yeah. Anyway, um, well, let's focus on football, Rob, because football. people are probably wondering if we're even going to talk about it. But yeah, uh, we might as well rumble about the riders. Uh, you know, I mean, the free agency period was really boring in that the the the, um, the uh, 
the whatever the preamble which allows teams to to negotiate in advance of the deadline i mean that that window kind of kills a lot of the buzz for february the 8th and so when that day came bang riders signed down darnell sankey uh, bang, the Riders signed Derek Moncrief. And that was pretty much it for the impactful signings here. There were a few around the league after that. Greg Ellingson goes to Winnipeg and Andrew Harris to Toronto, etc. But that, I think there are, there are like, that that free agency deadline just burned out really quickly. By by noon, it seemed to be old news. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I thought it was a little, it started a little slower than that. It didn't really seem, and then within 90 minutes, yeah. I think, but, it, you know, it was happening before. So I think they had to have the legal temp. I hate that legal tampering phrase, by the way. I like the CFL pre-negotiation window or something. But yeah, it is, but I mean, the tampering took place. And I'm betting it, they have to because the NFL does it. You can't negotiate contracts on one day. They had to open that up. Now, does the CFL have to find a way not to leak every signing? Well, people want to know that information in this day and age. There's no, there's no secrets. The players, the players were posting the information for teams. Oh, exactly. So, I mean, Lucez Purifoy let the world know that he'd signed with the, or was going to sign with the BC Lions, etc. It was Ed Ganey who let the world know that he wasn't going to return to the Saskatchewan yeah. Rough Riders, etc. So that's where you find out a lot of these things. How, as, you, as you look at the Rough Riders now, Murray, after the uh, additions of two linebackers uh, and virtually nobody else since uh, Josiah, well, Josiah St. John and a uh, Canadian receiver today. Um, I think that's still, that's it. Uh, what do you make of their right their free agent moves? Well, I think they needed linebackers. I really do. I think they were kind of you know, even with Larry Dean hanging around. I don't think they're going to bring back Dion Lacey. They needed to bolster the linebackers. Well, he's off to Edmonton. Yeah, exactly. And he, man, Edmonton's like little little Regina, I guess, little Rough Riders. Uh, so they needed they get arguably. I think Moncrief is probably the best one of the, the best salmon league. I think in nineteen he was. He was so much fun to watch. I was watching his highlights last night just to get a, to remind myself of how good he was. And he was that good. And I think that's Donnell Sankey. I, I, he's another great one. And I, I don't, I think that the issue is what do they do with these two? They got Larry Dean and Darnell Sankey. They got two great middle linebackers, a great Sam. And I think Micah Tights is still a weak, still going to, I think he's still going to be the weak side linebacker. So they, they addressed a the void and they went over the top in the void. Like it's always a good thing to have. Too many players, too many good players. And I think Larry Dean, uh, even though Jeremy O'Day mentioned yesterday that Larry Dean is fine and fully recovered from the Achilles, he's still going to be 34, I think. 34 on August 7th. 34 on August, yeah, because he always does. So, you know, they got some good insurance there. and They got Sankey. And Sankey kind of reminds me a little bit of back in the day of Ray Williams, a sideline to sideline linebacker, incredible leader, tough against the run. Ray Williams is always one of my favorite riders. So... I think, are they a better team? A lot of the things, and O'Day mentioned this yesterday too, what gets caught up in feeds is the guys who are signing right now, and no one really looks back on what they've done to get this position. Signing Duke Williams is a big one for the Riders. I think re-signing Logan Furland and Evan Johnson are big ones. Uh, AC Leonard for two years. AC Leonard for two years. Brett Lowther for two years. You know, they, they do a lot of work before this big, great, chaotic, wonderfully exciting celebration of Canadian football yesterday. But a lot of the work at Calgary, Calgary did a lot of its work before the free agent period. 
Yeah, so John Hopnagel really, joked he didn't even have enough money to go to McDonald's yeah, so, after he spent all his money. And he got Reggie Begleton for 160 reportedly. Yeah, no. And now Kenny Lawler's making $300,000 a year and Duke Williams is making 260. 260. But Reggie wow. Begleton's got to be thinking, mm, maybe I should have waited. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, at the same time, if you wait, <laughs> well, you're waiting to say, well, I don't have any money left. Here's 120. He goes, oh. Yeah, Begleton's just as good as the other two. I think, I think he you is, know? too. I think look at the Lucky Whitehead money. Boy, Reggie Begleton's better than Lucky Whitehead. Like, like, um, but why why it gives you the 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 uh, versatility of returning kicks too though, he does contribute. But still, he how much did he get? Was he two hundred thousand? Two hundred. You know, it's amazing. That that's the big thing. You know, it used to be the quarter people would load up on the quarterback money. Now it seems like the quarterback, uh, elite quarterback, uh, peak has gone from say seven hundred to five hundred or less, yeah. and and uh, some of that has been made up by paying receivers who probably you know would have made in the high one hundreds. Now into the 200s is as much as three. It seems that the market correction has been taken a little bit away from the quarterbacks and give that money to their targets. Yeah, and I'm all, all, favor, all in favor of the guys getting more money. I, you know, I just find it's an interesting scenario considering what we just went through—a canceled season, a truncated season. They're fully back to 18 games. Where, let's say, if you're a normal person, your budget, you've blown out your budget, you weren't working, and you're finally getting work, and then you go and spend your whole first check. I kind of wonder, maybe there should be a little more restraint than, let's say, next year, kind of how well, the way things work out. But that's naivety on my part. I know the world doesn't work that way, but I, you would have thought there'd been some sort of fiscal restraint shown. Well, you know, they, they all work things. within a cap. And if yeah. you're looking at where the Grey Cup is this year in Regina, um, you know that nobody's, you know, it would, would have been foolhardy. And for the Rough Riders to say, well, we're going to spend closer to the floor than to the ceiling because of restraint when the Grey Cup is here this year. And they've got to pull out all the stops to get there. So if the Riders are saying they're going to spend to the cap, whatever that cap may be, because that has yet to be negotiated, which is another silly story. Um, <laughs> you got, I think you have to think, OK, with the Rough, with the rough Riders having a Grey Cup here, they are going to spend every cent they can spend. So for the other teams, uh, they've got to think, OK, we've got to, we've got to keep up with them. If you're the Edmonton, S Edmonton Elks, you're trying to reestablish a foothold in that market. So you're not going to be Mr. Nice Guy and say, we're going to spend, you know, south of, you know, what we what we can spend. You've got Chris Jones there and you want to win right now. You've got to reestablish some credibility there. If you're if you're the Toronto Argonauts, you've got to do something to get a, to get a buzz going in that market. So why would you underspend? You don't have to pay any of these players until opening weekend either. So that's, that's the other side of the equation. You could or bonus money. They, they could sign, you know. Tom Brady and bring him out of retirement if they wanted right now. The bills don't come due until uh, until June. Well, maybe Vince Young isn't busy. <laughs> That's what I initially thought when I I looked at what Chris did. I remember back in 16 during free agency, I still, and I can't remember all the guys, they had five big free agents signed in 16, including Ed Ganey. I'm trying to think. There was Shamad Chambers. Yeah. There, was, uh, there was Jones, the linebacker. Linebacker, yeah. And we had this picture of all five of these free agents Kendall, together. Kendall Lawrence, most of them bombed. Uh, Hinoch Mwamba was one of them. He he played pretty well for yeah. a year here. Um, but yeah, there was a, there was a whole. I think there were like seven of them that they signed in 20, 2016, and yeah. and and a vast majority of them were were absolute disasters. But Ed Ganey, um, well, it's kind of like Ed Ganey turned out to be a pretty. Ed Ganey good. was obviously the keeper in that group. Um, but My goodness, Chris like Ken, Kendall Lawrence was gone by not long after after Labor Day. Yeah, 
So it, that's that's maybe a sign that maybe all free agent signings, the grass isn't always greener where you go. And I think a lot of players found out. I think uh, Derek Dennis found out, found that out when he came to the Riders at one. Dustin Capricotti was one of those players. Yes. Ed Gainey, Kendall Lawrence, Shamad Chambers, uh, Greg Jones. Otha Cap- Foster actually was good for a short period of time. Capricotti uh, didn't Curtis, fit Chris Curtis Jones. Steele was yeah. finished behind Darian Durant in rushing yards with the, with the Rough Riders that year. He was actually decent when he played, but he just didn't play very much. They also signed John Childs that year, and uh, you thought he was going to be an answer. And Didn't Sean Lemon come with them too that year too? Cause, uh, which of the 48 times are we talking with Sean Lemon? Yeah, I know. But I remember that Capricotti didn't fit Chris Jones's defense. Yeah, He didn't want to drop back in coverage. He wanted to get after the quarterback. And I think Sean Lemon was a little bit of the same too. If I, if I got yeah, they, my they had a little like there's just it was like a philosophical thing almost is I can't yeah. play this. I don't want to play. I don't drop back in the coverage and then they get Willie Jefferson. Holy smokes, linebackers or defensive linemen can play great coverage. <laughs> and now for the weekly my dog is cute segue. Isn't she the most adorable? And that's a good space to take a break. She'll just tuck her down and we'll take a little break here and uh, we'll be back. A pause, if you will. <laughs> oh, it's a pause for the cause. And we'll be right back. Hi, welcome back. Hi. We're back. I hope you're enjoying our hockey football ramblings, rumblings. And We're talking about dogs, a lot of, and dog, and dog is tails. Is okay? Isn't no. she cute? That's candy. Oh. That is candy. Yes, he's it's a, April in the Humane Society calendar, the 2022. Rob, and it's, it's, it's just supposed to be predominantly Rough Riders and it Lagabity. Andrew Harris to Toronto. I was what hoping they'd bring him here. I thought it'd be kind of fun. We kind of needed a personality like that. I was yeah. hoping, you know. He's, that would spice up the rivalry, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that have been something? And he would. You know, it would have been a, a nice signing. I think Toronto Who's going to run the ball for them this year? Who? Toronto? Who's going to be the right running back this year? Well, I like to think Jamal Morrow is going to get a chance. Can he be that every down, grind out the tough yards back? Like he's more of a finesse back. Like, is, yeah, can he get that tough yard? And then, and if he if he is your running back, who's your who's your returner? I could get, I know they don't like to. And Kyron Moore is coming back. The tackles to running back. I just well, uh, maybe, maybe that's a Paul Jones issue. They'll bring somebody in. You would like to think you can find a running back, can't you? Well, you can probably find one that'll get you more, is at least the 4.3 yards that that uh, yeah. William oh. Powell got. But Powell about. also, and you know, we always, and it's he was a great blocker and he was great out of the out, out of the backfield. But I think the Riders were right to move on from him. I think it's just about time. But as you say, who is going to run the ball? And so I think that's and there's not there really isn't a heck of a lot out there in free agency now. To, to no, I, I think that becomes a Paul Jones issue. Just go find somebody. Go find. You know, once upon a time they found Corey Sheets. Once upon a time they found George Reed. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. go you know. I think George Hodge found Kenton Keith. Yeah, George so, has long past his comeback. <laughs> oh, he, he could probably still get them the 4.3 yards that they got last year. <laughs> and, and I think they kind of needed to address tackle a little bit, but. You know, other than uh, Riker Matthews, uh, that's what uh, I don't think there's much. Actually, I can throw a bit of trivia there. I was at Riker Matthews' wedding in Mexico when, in 2019 or 2020 because we were in the same resort, which back in the day seems kind of crazy. But I kept looking at this guy thinking, man, he's an offensive lineman, but he's too small to be a uh, – an NFL guy. He's got it. He's got it. So I found, I found out it was him and we had a nice long chat. Did Nolan McMillan sign anywhere yet? 
No, I don't. I I was going to look that up. He might be a shot, but but I don't, uh, I, uh, I don't expect anything else major from the Rough Riders. They have Natty Rogers, you know, and I think and it's he was with the Redbacks. They do they did sign a tackle before free agents. Natty Rogers, you forget about. They have Taron Vaughn, who's a possibility. Well, Taron Vaughn's the solution if he if, he, if he's if yeah, he's he's healthy. But a whole season, so he hasn't played in two years, you know. Anybody's what about very Brent Labatt? What's what's the deal there? Uh, supposedly a day's had some conversations with him and he doesn't, he didn't really, I think he's done. I, you know, I, well, I have I, nothing to the TSN that was pretty much saying that he's done. Yeah. Well, everyone's been saying that was, that was, that know, was I mean, he's done. I mean, face it. I mean, he hasn't, he barely played in 2019. He's 36 yeah. years old by the time this season gets going. I mean, just, and they've, they've, they've groomed the successor to that position. Yeah. Logan Furland is back. So, um, and, and you hate to suddenly say you bring Brendan Labatt back, and what do you do? What does that do to your salary structure? Yeah, so he's not uh, a tremendous player, too. tremendous guy, but I just I just can't see a, a, a scenario where it's logical for him to return. It's one of those questions you have to ask O'Day, but I'm always kind of going. I know he's going to get that kind of look at you because here comes the Labatt question, and in case he says, "Yeah, he's coming back," or he's made a decision, I think the decision is going to be ultimately up. Well, ultimately up to Labatt and the Riders, too. As you said, they have Logan Furlan, who's played very well in, in uh, replacing Labatt. So they don't really need him unless Brendan can play tackle, but I think he's a better guy. That's a tall order at 36 years of age. Yeah, coming especially off with the way the defensive the ends are now. You know, I just uh, I just don't know. I, I, next stop, Hall of Fame for Brendan Labatt, but I'm just not sure how it works in this year. If, if, if they can make that work in... If he can somehow turn back the clock, great. But I, I'd be very surprised. I uh, look at the rest of the offense. They really needed Duke Williams, and that's that was they I think really the biggest signing of anybody. I mean, with the possible exception of AC Leonard, especially with Jonathan Woodard now leaving for the National Football League. Uh, getting AC Leonard for two years was big. But with if had they not signed Duke Williams, take a look at their receiving core: Braden Lenius off to the National Football League, Kyran Moore probably won't play until around midseason. Shaq Evans coming off a, uh, an off year. So is there anybody who's money in the bank for the entire season if they don't sign Duke Williams? Um, that was massive. But then and look what he did for that offense. It, it's not like they became, you know, an aerial circus when they got him, but at least they started erecting the tent for the circus when, <laughs> when uh, Duke Williams showed up. Before that, it was, the passing game was virtually non-existent. When you say all those, when you list those issues with Evans and Moore and Lace, those are just concerns. Before they were huge question marks, but Williams has kind of covered everything over, kind of covered all the issues because you know he's going to be that type of player. You know, right for 18 games with Cody, they're going to have a whole training camp together, yeah. whatever whatever training camp is going to be like. I'm assuming it's a normal world come 2022, 2022. Well, according to the provincial government, it is. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I thought it was over yesterday. Well facetiously saying that it's not over so i don't know if we want to get into that we're going into politics but i had to throw wear, that wear there. a mask wear a mask anyway i won't do with that uh but duke williams kind of just makes the receiving core that much better and obviously he does and uh they had to spend the money for him i think imagine the great the furor around this great cup drive if they didn't have him people say the riders aren't trying to get to the great cup in their hometown and we were we were hearing that. I mean, uh, because because he hadn't signed, re-signed up leading up to the free agency window, or for the better part of it, you were hearing what's O'Day doing, what's O'Day doing, and even after 
they did sign Duke Williams. You're still hearing, well, why did they let Ed Gainey go? Why did they let yeah. Lucez Purifoy go? Why did they let Dion Lacey go? Uh, why did they let Micah Johnson go? Uh, what bothers me is, is I don't think there's much second guessing for why they let John Ryan go. Uh, it just seems to be too dismissive on the part of everybody. This is a Regina-born guy, and I went on this tangent last week too. It's a Regina-born guy who have, who belongs in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame if they ever change their ridiculous uh, criteria that basically yeah. disqualifies somebody who's had a long career in the National Football League. Regina-born guy who's won a Super Bowl, comes back here, gives back to the community, punts tremendously for them for two years, and then suddenly he's tossed aside like yesterday's garbage for a, for a, a, a global player who bombed in the playoffs. And it's just like, oh, well, and it seems to be like, oh, well, he's too old. Oh, he was fading. Uh, it's, he's cheaper. Uh, he was, he, the, the, the global player is cheaper. It's just like, oh, John Ryan, yesterday's news. How unfair is that? I, I just think across the board, he needs to be given his due. And uh, It's very uh, similar with the Andrew Harris scenario too, though. Yeah. Look, where, where would the Blue Bombers be without Andrew Harris? Probably in Winnipeg. Probably, or maybe. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, when they resurgence was Andrew Harris. He it was time that there are others too, but he was just everything. He's everything to the community. Every, Winnipeg born boy, man, everything you'd possibly want in a player. God, other than except for the little drug problem, a little not positive drug test, but that's okay. We got over it. But it's a heartless business. It really is, and it comes down to you have to make those decisions, and the riders make the decision. And as I say, yeah, we can go on about the global initiative. I bet you before you and I ever hang them up, it'd be all global punters by the time we we move on. Because I just hope they don't want find a guy like Cody, If you find a guy like Cody Grace, man, he was a, he's a major league NFL caliber punter with the punter with Calgary, and you get some really good ones. And and Corey Vedrick was pretty good in the regular season. I don't think there was a a big issue there. But what did what did he kick in that West final, Rob? His average? A gargantuan 29.5 yards per punt. There were only four punts, though. Only four. It's amazing when you consider the travails of the offense this year um, or last year. They only had to punt four times in the West final. They got six turnovers, and they still didn't win it. Uh, I think we did. We dealt with that in a previous podcast. How do you look at that? I'm curious, Mur. How do you look at the defensive line now? Uh, suddenly, Jonathan Woodard is gone. Micah yeah. Johnson is gone. So there's a, there's a West Division all-star in Johnson who's no longer there. Mac and Woodard, Woodard, who had 10 sacks last year, he's no longer there. Um, Mac Henry? That's two key starters. from a, a, Mac Henry's now with Edmonton. Yeah. That's, you know, well, two and a half key starters because Charbel DeBeer also got some playing time at tackle. But how do you read their defensive line right now? Uh, it's a step back. I think the fact they had A.C. Leonard and Woodard on the same, going to be in there with Robertson as that third guy was just going to be a great defensive trio of ends. I thought the middle of the defensive line was a strength with Micah Johnson there, DeBeyer in there, and the beer. Uh, beer and Mac Henry helping out. So, you know, I thought it was a strength, and now it's a question mark, and there really isn't anybody out there who can really sign to bolster it. So, What about you know, Garrett Marino? Garrett, I was just going to bring up Garrett Marino. You know, when he was when he was healthy, he was darn good. So maybe that maybe it's not as bad. As, but I, you and I both agree. Well, we kind of, I don't know if we both agree, but we don't disagree. Micah Johnson was huge in the middle, in the interior last year. He was tremendous last year. 2019, and, not so much. And, you know, there was high, high ankle sprain. I know that was a pretty big part of it. When you talk about that, you look at Hamilton's defensive line, though, when you think Micah Johnson's in there, Ted Laurent. Johnson Dal- and Laurent on the inside. <laughs> and Dallin Wynn, who's no slouch either. 
Oh, and they lose goodness. Gerard Davis, who goes to uh, Toronto. To Gerard Davis. Gerard Davis. He goes to Toronto. And, you know, there's still going to be an amazing defensive line. It's just going to be fun to watch in the East. It's yeah. interesting, and you know, we're, we're going back to this. If you look at the teams who had the biggest impact or the busiest in uh, free agency were the three teams that missed the playoffs, BC, Edmonton, and Ottawa. You yeah. know, they, they, they had to rebuild. Like, I think Ottawa, I, I meant to count it up. Sorry, folks. I think they signed 15 guys yesterday. The yeah. list goes on and on and on and on. And they get a quarterback. They get a running back. They get a great receiver. They get a couple of some more offensive linemen than I've ever seen. That's the and, second biggest infusion of people into Ottawa lately since the truckers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> maybe they have their convoy of free agents. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I'm just I'm trying to throw some topical humor in there today. That's but okay. yeah, it's, it's a... It's not getting political. But I mean, the big one there is Mazzoli. And, Mazzoli uh, is huge. And then no. the police wanted a quarterback like that to work with. You know, there's rumors out there that Matt Nichols is going to retire, which we'll have to see what happens. You know, I thought he retired midway through a game yeah. last year. <laughs> the Riders didn't address their backup quarterback. I don't yeah. think. It's, and they still haven't. Trevor Harris signed. I don't think he was ever an option as a backup quarterback. Trevor Harris no. signed the front I'm surprised he's not with Montreal. I think there's places he can get a lot more playing time than Montreal. Well, Brendan Adams had to prove to stay healthy. He missed most of half of the season last year with that shoulder injury. Or most, well, it's kind of hard to keep last year's season. Anyway, uh, Cody, it's hard. I wonder how hard it is to sell a guy to come here when you know that the starter, like Cody, is really durable and he's yeah. going to play. And they're going to the way play. he plays. Yeah, he's going to play that way all the time. Uh, obviously they moved on from Isaac Harker. I think we all saw that coming when he was, uh, yeah, they moved on before the season was oh, yeah, when they saw that demoting game. him in favor of Mason fine. And we'll see is Mason we'll... fine ready to be a number two. I, I don't think so, but they may have to go that way. But, you know, I really think Matt Schultz was the guy Hamilton grabbed him. I thought he was a guy they could have, uh, just be the perfect backup for the riders, but. Obviously, Hamilton saw he was a uh, pretty good player. Maybe we, we agreed with that. And uh, so they kind of need a backup quarterback, which is, I still remember. Well, you know what? I've always looked at it this way. If you need a backup quarterback, that means your starter goes down. And if your starter goes down, you're just done anyway. Look at 2015. They had a perfect, I mean, in 2014, Darian goes down, Tino Sinceri comes in, and and uh, and then Seth Dagey starts, and then Kerry Joseph comes back. And the whole roof caved in on a season in which the which the Rough Riders were eight and two, and they figured that the problem there was that their quarterback got hurt. And there's such a correlation between uh, the decline of the Rough Riders in 2014 and the departure of the unavailability of Darian Durant. So they figured, okay, 2015, they're going to cover themselves in case Darian gets hurt. So they signed Kevin Glenn. Darian gets hurt first last right at the end of the first half of the first game of the year. Kevin Glenn comes in. And lights it up week after week after week. And they still kept losing. They ended up 0-9 and they fired their coach mid-season. So even when they had that backup that yeah. where there was really no drop-off, they were in trouble. So I think I can almost look at it from the standpoint that if, if Fajardo goes down, they're just, they're in trouble. Like if you lose your starter, you lose your starter. It just, yeah. you, whether it's Tino Sinceri or Kevin Glenn, you're just done. So uh, but protect, you still got a guy. Protect got Cody as best you can, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah, but you still got to carry one because you got to have someone else throwing balls, and you have to have that third string quarterback. And uh, Paxton Lynch's name is still out there, but unless he's been vaccinated, he's not coming back. And I don't think he's coming. Yeah, unless he's Vaxton Lynch, he's not coming back here. 
this story. That's it. But uh, I don't think he's coming back. You don't. You know, we never. We know we don't know till, till when things happen. But uh, it was a uh, a long chaotic day yesterday. It was so cool to watch everything happen. Like a kind of free agency day is a little different than the draft day and stuff. There's actually things you can see teams changing. The CFL draft is exciting to watch these kids coming in the, coming into the CFL, but you don't see the immediate impact because usually it takes them a while. To What's make exciting it. about the CFL draft? Nothing. Who's this offensive lineman? I've never exactly. heard of him before. Who's and that offensive lineman? I've never over. heard of him before. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so really there's nothing about the draft, and I don't. people say they should do more with the draft. I think they do enough. Hey, with the Noah Picton wins the heck right, and let's not draft him at all. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you win the, what, a, what a great concept the CFL draft is. Not even Sorry. give them a chance. Yeah, they just, they're, they're, they must be tough being in that position. But that's just, actually, that creates a nice little uh, connection to the BC Lions, who have Isn't Nathan that interesting? And now they got Michael O'Connor, who I've always been, for some reason, after watching him play in UBC and seeing more UCU sports game, a big fan of. I think he can play. I saw him at UBC too, yeah. And I think he can play. I think he's a guy. So now they have two Canadian quarterbacks, wonderful for them, and not a single benefit other than they have two Canadian quarterbacks. Well, they've cha- Dave Naylor tweeted yesterday that they have changed that rule, and you now get uh, you now get credit for starting a Canadian if, he's, if he happens to be a quarterback. So it does have an impact on the ratio now. I, I had heard it said in other forums that 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 that, that, uh that uh they were still the brandon bridge scenario in place where the riders didn't get credit for starting a canadian but uh dave tweeted yesterday and i hope i haven't got it wrong that is actually part of a either the cba amended cba and uh so the the lions will get credit for uh well they want to bring it in he starts a quarterback i don't mean they want to bring it into the cba i don't think it's part of it yet um because there's a new cba coming up rob why don't you rumble? And I'm going to check Dave's Twitter account because I'm pretty sure he refuted something that was well, said. It's, I still remember when uh, game one of the season last year when uh, the BC Lions came here and Nathan was the starting quarterback, even though Mike Riley was supposed to be the uh, starter and he looked a little uncomfortable to say the very least. But uh, do you think, is, is there room for two Canadian quarterbacks? I think Michael O'Connor. Well, you know, if you got one, you bet you better have two because it's yeah. the old deal. Regardless of what position it is, uh, if you're starting a Canadian, especially at a non, you know, a non-line position, you need a backup. That's always been one of the deals with Canadian running backs. If you've got a Canadian starting Canadian running back, you need to cover yourself with one right behind it. So right behind him. So uh, that's Winnipeg probably did a good job. Factors in what the uh, what they're doing there. Winnipeg did a good job with that with Brady Oliveira and uh, Johnny Augustine. And that's why Andrew Harris is a Argonaut. Yes. But, I'm uh, still looking for Dave's. What do you make of the Ryder secondary, Murr? Uh, with with Purify. I, mean, I realize Purify can play many positions, but yeah. most of the time he, with the Rough Riders, he was, a, he was a defensive halfback. So he's gone. And Ed Gainey's gone. The CFL's passing games are generally oriented towards slot backs. And you've suddenly lost uh, the two veteran well jeremy uh, clark played happened. pretty well jeremy clark played pretty well last year so did damon webb so did damon webb but they're they're kind of on they're not on the strong side or i think gainey i i thought gainey still had another year or two left i mean obviously chris jones feels that way agrees with me i thought gainey he got better as the season went, and he played he did play well in the playoffs so what a kind of thought to him there's going to be you have to move on sooner or later from these guys and i guess that's why moving on from Lucius Purefoy puzzles me because I still think he 
he was such a key contributor. And I really think they lose his versatility. But maybe, and I'd say maybe Jay Dearborn, when he comes back from the Olympics, can possibly be that kind of versatile guy. He, other than getting that stinger late in the season, he's uh, he played pretty well. So I found the Twitter exchange from yesterday. Somebody named Matt, Doormat95, said on Twitter, Seriously think the CFL needs to allow Canadian, starting, Canadian quarterbacks to count toward the starting ratio. It would be a great step in truly making our game Canadian. Canadian being in quotes. Um, and Dave's response was, they did in the latest CA, CBA. It's already in the roster rules. So there. Interesting how nobody Dave knows Naylor that. Dave Naylor said it, it gotta be, it's got to be true. Dave Naylor and Dickie Dunn. So. Interesting that nobody has heard of it. Eh? Yeah, I'd never heard of it until you saw yeah. that. Well, if somebody's going to know, it's going to be Dave Naylor. <laughs> yeah. So, well, good. Then uh, that feels what I think is a good idea. If you're going to play a Canadian position, you should get credit for it. It should count. So Especially now they can start. Position in the field. So now they can start four American receivers if they want. So what about the riders and the ratio number? This makes, this gets interesting because um, from A, they've lost Braden Lanius. So there's a starting Canadian that they're going to have to replace. And B, um, with their overabundance of linebackers now, uh, three Americans who can really play, does that potentially bounce Micah Tights? And if so, where do they put, um, where do they find those seven Canadian spots? Uh, I would well, presume three of them are going to be along the offensive line. Yeah, and then uh, one be, could be... Uh, there'll be Justin McInnes or somebody out on the wide side. Oh, and Schaefer Baker. So Schaefer Baker, they probably, They'll probably find a way to start two Canadians again. So, okay. But if they only five. start one Canadian receiver, the key is replacing Lennius because they're mm -hmm. going to have Schaefer Baker. If they can't replace Lennius with a Canadian, then they would... There'd be Mike Adams starting on defense, and there'd be Charbel De Beer, or or um, Micah Tights, or, um, or De Beer at the tackle, or maybe an Alan Simakinda. Yeah, and actually they're going to be okay. But teams I like to start. The teams like to start eight Canadians so that if a Canadian gets hurt, it doesn't really make it tough for them ratio wise. So, there's, so you're looking there's, at there's three there's offensive linemen, Schaefer Baker, possibly a second Canadian receiver. Mitch and then uh, a Canadian defensive tackle, uh, Micah Tights, and then uh, and then Mike Adam at safety. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I think that's I talked myself good. into an answer and. Uh, well, I thought that's because I hadn't really given any thought because I was laying in bed the other morning. I was kind of running through my uh, starting Canadians and the British. I went, oh, they're going to be in good shape. Yeah, it just yeah. but it's interesting because I I thought just a snap judgment. I thought okay they with losing Lenius, that complicates things. And it, it may, but they've actually maintained their ratio okay. I think signing Mike Adam was big. Yeah. And, there's, uh, and I, I'm and a big got, fan. Ali Buka, too. Ali Buka. Buka can play the corner if he wants. He can play safe. Jay Dearborn has done a lot. And I said, he's in the Olympics, folks. This guy's an athlete. I know he's a brakeman on a... On a bobsled, but Canadian football players, Jesse Lumsden's been there, Sam Jaguar is there, Simon and these guys have all kind of, Canadian bobsleds recognize their football ben players. Ben is there. He played for the yeah. University of Saskatchewan. Huskies yeah. played high school football in Moose Jaw. So these guys, they, they recognize these. running back in Moose Jaw. Yeah, and he was pretty good with the Huskies too. They, they bring these guys in and they fill in and they do a great job pushing the sled or sleigh, whichever one, <laughs> whichever That's version. Bob bobsled or bobsleigh? I have well, to ask it, Santa, I guess. Yeah, our CP kind of goes back and forth. Or I kind of looked at, but 
anyway, it's uh, I, I so I think the Riders kind of went into free agency. I think we touched upon us in pretty good shape. Did they come out better shape? I think they came out a little better shape. One position. One position. You know, there still there wasn't a... much fortification. Joe, you know, can I speak up for Josiah St. John here for a sec? Sure. Maybe this will be my tangent of the week, but he signs and there's virtually no fuss over it. And and sure. And I, I, he still has to wear being the first overall selection in the 2016 draft. Last time I checked, Josiah St. John didn't draft himself. He got some bad advice from an agent. Uh, who among us hasn't done things we regret? when we're in our early twenties, I'm not sure Murray, you and I can even remember when we were in our early twenties, but we were at one point, um, there's scrapbooks to prove it. But, um, when they've actually used Josiah St. John, he's done okay for them. He's yeah. never let them down when he's played. And, you know, you talk to him, he's, he got kind of a bad rap because of that inauspicious start with the Rough Riders, but, He's such a really good, nice guy. And whenever they've put him in, he has never let them down. So he's battled injuries. I think he's actually too. a decent reinforcement. People are going to look at Josiah St. John and say, oh, geez. But what, you know, he's, that's, he's never let them down. It's, you know, once he's settled into his CFL career, he's been fine for them. He's, is, he a, is he a first overall talent? No. But neither was Tyson St. James. Neither was Shomari Williams. The Riders have swung and, must, swung and missed with the first <laughs> overall pick before. They can't all be Scott Schultz. Um, but Or Ben Heenan. Or Ben Heenan. But uh, he's, he's, that's a decent signing for he him. He has battled injuries. And I remember, I'm trying to think if it was 19 or 18, he came in the best shape of his life. And then the first or second day of training camp, he pulled his hamstring. And not just a little pull. It was like a serious hamstring injury. I thought, oh man, the guy can't buy a break. He's yeah. He was he was even kind of being touted as a possible starter. And I thought, because we wrote about that this buzz, and I I'm like you, I hate it when they say people in the high draft picks are busts because you've made a very good point. It's not. Well, I probably said it myself. (laughs) They yeah, but it's and people do say that. Like we go back to Ryan Leaf as well, probably one of the ones from the NFL. He was the second pick though. Was he? Oh, because who the first one it was? The was? Great Peyton Manning, future Bronco, 2016 right. Super Bowl champion. Um, okay. All right, so that wasn't yeah. a great one, but I don't my. But anyway, I just think, and I agree, and I've liked, and I just think he needed to get a break. And you know, re-sign People forget that you need bodies. You need good bodies, and he's a great sixth offensive lineman. Dresses, you can go in there and play almost any position. So yeah, that that's. I'm, I'm glad you pointed. That's one of those signings that people say, oh yeah, big deal. But he can he maybe turn out to be a or it could be a good contributor in an eighteen game season. So yeah, I'm with if, you. you know, hopefully there is an eighteen game season again. <laughs> oh, I'm hoping <laughs> yeah. that'd be nice. Haven't heard those rumors. Uh so I don't anticipate the riders being too busy down the stretch. Or there may be some some names that might pop up that they'll say, Yeah, we'll sign him. Just it was so like the window is just compressed, compacted everything into this one the big window. The window has become a porthole. Right. Yeah. So it all happens that quickly. And now we move on to, you know, the your terms and signings and whatnot. So what about Wesley Lewis? The Riders signed him today. He's a national receiver. <laughs> what intrigued me there after realizing that there was, in fact, a Wesley Lewis <laughs> on that side. Planet, was that he's six foot five, 218, which dimensions wise reminds me quite a bit of one Braden Lenius. So are they looking? Does, is that an indication that they have that body type, that template, that Lenius type 
uh, model in mind for a starting receiver position, and it's just a matter of finding somebody to fill it. And if so, I mean, Les, Wesley Lewis certainly has those dimensions, and 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 Justin McKinnis is six foot six. Yeah. So does that become part of the equation? Yeah, I think they they like that body top. Maybe I was going to joke that Chris Jones will take him and turn him into a defensive back. Yeah, or or <laughs> as a uh, as um, as Arash Badani said yesterday on uh, uh, on the Sports Cage. Uh, apparently, they're looking for ways in Edmonton to get around the 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 coaching cap by basically having Ed Ganey as an unofficial assistant coach. Didn't he say something about, I saw this on Twitter about wanting to burn all his rider stuff. Did I you saw to that s- too. I wonder if he would, I, I couldn't find it said, cause it showed up as a so-called video, but I couldn't was, find was the he video. Joking or was he, was he serious? Right. He's gotta be, I, I know he's not, he's on, it was, I guess based on his, his cryptic Twitter tweets, he was unhappy, but no, I don't see I don't see him saying that seriously. I really don't. I think he he enjoyed his time here. He was, you know, maybe that maybe Chris Jones undercut the salary he was making. But I I think Ed Ganey is he a Plaza of Honor guy, Rob? Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, he ten interceptions in one season, two All CFL nominations, four interceptions in one game. There's a there's a lot of players who've accomplished a lot less than Ed Ganey has has that have yeah. that have ended up in the. And the he was. I think I think he's an automatic. If you look at the. Players in the Riders right now. I mean, Brendan Labatt's kind of in limbo, but there's a Plaza of Honor guy. Uh, Ed Ganey, I think, absolutely. Who else have they got as Plaza of Honor? Dan well, Clark, a- absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, AC Leonard, maybe? No, he's not. AC Leonard, another, another big year, and he's certainly in, in that conversation. Shaq Evans, another big year, and he's certainly in that conversation. Um you know, Kyron Moore, if he can string together a, a nice three or four season run. But absolutely. they're not there now. They aren't no. there right now. Cody Fajardo, uh, absolutely. One, you know, absolutely. Uh, you know, one, one, you know, another good year. And I think Cody Fajardo was in the conversation. Glenn Dobbs and uh, and uh, Kerry Joseph both played basically two years with the Rough Riders yeah, and, and a fraction of a third and got in the plaza. So Cody Fajardo is definitely a something worth discuss someone worth discussing down the road what about uh elsewhere on that roster nick marshall i think has def is definitely starting to build a nice plaza of honor yeah. resume the all-star He's got four helps. interception return touchdowns in his career as many as ken mckeckern who's was an easy plaza of honor inductee so i don't know how i got we had our plaza of honor meeting last weekend so i've got that on the brain oh, okay that's good to have something on your brain besides your dog or your i dog. love my dog or Look. your dog Look yeah, you ever think about your daughter? You ever posted she... any pictures of her? That's all right. I only tweeted two pictures and a video of her yesterday. So, oh, you okay? Oh, I love her. Anyway, we should probably end this now that I'm talking about my dog. Yes. Uh, um, whose name is Candy and she's beautiful. I uh, just uh, landed. I know we touched upon it last week. The weekend's here. The best weekend in football or the best weekend sports. The Saskatchewan Tankard's on. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Super Bowl is. Arg. I've watched many. Who's going to win the Super Bowl, Murr? Well, that's a tough one. Last week, I think I picked the Rams. And this week, I'm, I don't know. I, yeah. As I said, as a diehard Steelers fan, it's really hard to cheer for someone from your own conference. But let's go Bengals. I'm thinking, I like Joe Bureau, Burrow, and. Former know, Ryder Neglister. I know. So as his father moment, played against the Rough Riders six times in the CFL, four times with Montreal and twice with Calgary. And he intercepted Lloyd Patterson 
uh, while playing for Montreal in September of 1979 and had an 11-yard punt return against the Riders in 1978. Joe Burrow looks like fun. He's dressed, yeah. he dresses well. He acts kind of goofy. You know, he's not that sort of business, uh, kind of business-like man that Tom Brady is or even Matt Stafford is. Matt Stafford looks like he's kind of fun too. You look so at I the think- Super Bowl, though. It's a nice matchup because it's a good news story either way. If Cincinnati wins, it's it's uh, Wes Cates, ex-Rough Rider, talks talk, this week in the Plaza Monitor. Wes Cates is a Cincinnati Bengals fan. He's fan from Ohio. Um, um, and Sawyer Bittner, former Rough Rider, former uh, Regina Thunder, uh, University of Ottawa and University of Regina Rams quarterback of Moose Jaw, former Moose Jaw Peacock quarterback. He's a Bengals fan, so I can now say I know two of them. Um, but... <laughs> That's a wonderful story of the Bengals. Just get them getting to the Super Bowl is cool. Yeah. If they win, great story. If the if the Rams win, Matthew Stafford being rescued from Detroit. Um, you know, I've His got wife. a rescued dog. Uh, Matthew Stafford's a rescued quarterback. And uh, that's a really cool story. So it's it's nice to have a Super Bowl without Tom Brady or the New England Patriots. At least yeah. there's something fresh about it. I just wish there hadn't been so many Super Bowls without Denver lately. Well, I know you're pained. And the tankard's on too. So Who's going to win the tankard? Well, I Dunstone. I think Dunstone. Sounds like Dunstone. I think Dunstone and Flash are there. And it's it's not saying anything about the teams, but there's there's a changing of the guard and curling all the old guard. It's changing of the free guard. Yeah, the free guard <laughs> zone. I was looking at the rosters, and I've written more about the kids' dads and grand the players' dads and grandparents. Tell me about anybody it. Tri-Cover Junior Hockey for 30 years. Jamie Heward's kid is playing. Mike Sillinger's kid's in the National Hockey League, etc. <laughs> it's just to look at that, and I'm reading going, holy smokes, these kids are just kids. That they're Todd older is a dad. grandfather now. I can't believe that Todd Holt of the Swift Current Broncos, who was, I remember when he was 16 years old, this little guy, and now he's a grandfather. Yeah. So are you? Just, yeah, so am I, but there's... And even like you look at the uh, Scotties on the weekend, Mark Lang is there with with Penny Barker's team, and I covered Mark Lang as as the coach and as a curler, a couple as a tankard winner and stuff. So yeah, the, we're getting older and we're covering more and more people. And unfortunately, and I'm going to take a little bit of a rant here: the the beats like curling and high school sports, where you develop these long term relationships, just aren't as prevalent anymore because we just don't have the staff to cover it. And that's kind of sad that we don't get to. Because I, when I went to cover that outdoor curling game on the weekend. It was like a reunion. Man, I hadn't seen these people for 10 or 15 years, like Ben said. And it oh, was yeah. so much fun. It was such a, a great heartwarming moment. And except for the fact that I did the stairs four times and I haven't been as active as enough as I need to be in COVID. So I have sore legs, but that's okay. But what a great event. And Frost Regina, we'll throw that out there. I know we're supposed to leave. It's another great event and good family event. It was, it was so cool to see all the families at Coronation Park and all the people that are just watching curling and having a great time and what, what a great idea. And let's hope it's an annual, an annual event that people will support. And, uh, yeah, and keep bringing back, uh, keep bringing back Iceville. I, Elvis Stoiko is in town Friday. I'm going to be talking to Elvis Stoiko as part of a media availability. So the, what we have here, Mert, is a landmark rider rumblings, which we started with hockey. We've also mentioned, well, various levels of hockey. We mentioned figure skating. We mentioned different football leagues. We mentioned curling. So I think this is the, this, as far as breath goes, I think we've we've we done ourselves here. Did we mention Some your dog? Argue that it's bad breath, but uh, did we mention your dog? And we mentioned the dog. All right, so, we have. Uh, all right, so how about we send us out here? Rider rumblings. Send us out. I'm now going to send us off in fine style with elocution. I hope. 
I have just jinxed myself. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review and a five-star rating. It helps us grow the podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So now for the big conclusion, if you'd like to send us a question, you can email me. It's My name is Rob Vanstone. My dog is Candy, and I'm at rvanstone at postmedia.com, and we'll read it on the show. You can follow me on Twitter, at Rob Vanstone, or you can follow Murray on Twitter for actual information and non-canine photos, at Murray LP. Nailed it, Murr. Not Nailed a single stutter, not yes, a single uh, or a single you know. I don't know when we'll be back, but we will be back. Yeah, uh, we will do the uh, subsequent Rider Rumblings podcasts as events warrant until uh, there's scheduled events such as the CFL draft or what have what have you. They'll be somewhat intermittent for the remainder of the off season, and then uh, once training camp gets going uh, in mid-May, rookie camp starts. I think May 11th, uh, we will be back into this, and uh, it will be very nice to do a full season of Rider Rumblings for the first time since 2019. So for Murray McCormick, uh, I'm Rob Vanstone, and uh, thank you for uh, all your time today and for uh, indulging us as we talk about everything except egg toss and uh, kayaking. Uh, take mm-hmm. care, stay safe, and uh, thanks for your time today. See you, Candy. See you sometime soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.